Oh, they got living fiercely on luck. You know it's carpet talk. Carpet talk. The carpet talk. Um, we are again joined by a guest, but we're back on the Zoom. Um, still on the carpet, but back on Zoom. As you do. Um, uh, we're sipping on our, our donkey. Today's National Coffee Day. Um, it's in the. It's we're a little bit in the in the past when you'll hear this episode, but it's National Coffee Day. So we went to Dunkin' this morning, got hash browns and a free coffee because that's how mm-hmm. National that's how Coffee Day works. Um, all right, this week we are joined by Monet. Um, she is a Franciscan grad, and when I tell you the world is small, the world is small. Um, <laughs> My, um, the priest back home that I, in my parish knows Monet and we had a, like a young, he's doing a young adult, um, thing on Wednesdays and was really picking up in the summer. And I had already left to go to school and my little brother is, um, he's just so cool. I love him, but he (laughs) texted me one night and he was like, there's this girl, she is from Franciscan and like father told me to talk to her. And I talked to her, and then I told her about your podcast. <laughs> and the next day, Monet had um, followed us, and she has a mi- like. Are we considering this a ministry? Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool ministry. It's called A Message of Hope. Um, so if you follow her on Instagram, she does a lot of little kind of life snippets that really helps us um, to combat complacency, honestly, That's- in like the modern day world. Um, so, Monet, why don't you take it away? Of course. So Emily and Kaylee, thank you both so much for just allowing me to be on your podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so nice knowing, first of all, that the Catholic world is so small because mm-hmm. it helps you realize that you are not alone. And I really mm-hmm. think that's like the underlying message of a message of hope. You know, this ministry that I started over a year ago, I just want to keep implementing to so many young adults, high school students, college students, you're not alone in this. And there's like-minded individuals who are open and willing to live out the Catholic faith. And here are two (laughs) perfect examples of that. So I'm just so grateful that the two of you have each other in friendship. You're on a wonderful campus, Franciscan University. Um, And yeah, it's just so great to be with the two of you today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. So do you want me to start right Right yeah. off the bat yeah. with go ahead, dive everything. right in. Okay. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I guess a little bit of background about myself. Um, you know, brought up in the Catholic faith all my life. Uh, thank God both my parents really just put the faith as a priority in my brother in my life from a very young age. And you know, it wasn't until high school when I claimed the Catholic faith as my own. It was always something that was something we did with the family on the weekend, something that we did when we prayed at dinner or before bed, but to say, no, this Catholic faith is mine. And this is where like everything evolves around. Didn't happen until I went to Life Team my junior year of high school, where this greater push of put yourself aside, Monet, and put God first, really started to become the focus of my day-to-day life. Um, So I guess just like looking at my past, um, you know, I transferred to Franciscan. Beforehand, I was going to a school in Massachusetts. And, you know, I was like 
studying theology, everything was great. But to really say that a Catholic school was pushing me in my Catholic faith was pretty much far from the truth on that campus. Uh, that's why I really like emphasize the fact that the two of you, including your brother, Kaylee, you guys are really safe at Franciscan. Um, and everyone really just has your best interest at mind. Um, so I'm grateful for my time there. I'm grateful for my studies there. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, spiritual practices um, that the two of you, you know, really push, because I've listened to many of your podcasts already, and the two of you are so grace-filled and so holy. Um, yeah, just seeing this complacency that is in the world um, and seeing how the two of you encourage others to really put that aside and to put God first, I think is the first step to getting past complacency. And even last night I was giving a talk on lukewarmness. So we have a young adult group at our parish in Dedham, um, Dedham, Massachusetts, and we meet every Tuesday. So Father Sinisha meets every Wednesday. We meet every Tuesday. And it's just like super cool how every day of the week there's some sort of young adult group somewhere in the Boston area, which is amazing. Right. Um, but I think the lukewarmness topic that we discussed last night really ties into this. And, you know, having for myself, reflecting on how I once lived to how I'm living now, um, you know, we're talking beforehand with the two of you, I just was so stubborn in who I was. Um, I was always comparing myself to others. I always was like, I'm not enough. I am not enough look-wise. I am not enough personality-wise. I am not enough grade-wise, sport-wise. Like the list was so long. Um, and I just was always complaining and always was like, oh, you know, this, my life isn't enough. Um, poor me. And just like always sulking. Um, and I guess that's what my prayer always was to the Lord of like, why don't I have like this size, like pant size and the rest of the girls in my grade do, or like, God, why haven't you given me a boyfriend yet? God, why am I not like smart enough in my grade? Like, it was just like this list of God, you haven't done enough for my life. Um, and that's selfish. That is so selfish. And, um, when we approach prayer that way we then begin to see it as God has failed us in all these ways. And then that's when I really think we can become lukewarm because if we're like, well, God hasn't completed all this stuff on my list, I'm gonna walk away now. Um, I'm going to just be content in my sulking. Um, then we can com become complacent in our prayer. We don't keep showing up because we're like, well, God's not showing up. But once we take our fixation off of the ways he's not showing up on our list of things and we see, wow, he actually has already completed this list. Why was I looking another direction at the list of mine that he hasn't completed? And it's just all about uh, your perspective mm -hmm. and recognizing that. And, uh, you know, college, I remember it was it, it could be stressful, like even like, <laughs> the the bumps in the road with rooming. Um, you know, I had so many roommate situations where I had to keep transferring out of rooms because mm -hmm. just like roommates just weren't all that kind to me. And it just was, it was tough. And then um, in that, I could have been like, Lord, you've made, you know, my time at Franciscan horrible. Lord, you gave me the worst roommates. Lord, this and that. But 
because I started to train myself in stop complaining and start start thanking him for the things that he has done right in your life. And I was like, wow, God, you got me. I remember my first semester at Franciscan, I was in a height. Roommates were real bad. Then I, I went through this month long process of trying to get a new room. Eventually I got a single in Marion. Um, and instead of like, Lord, you gave me <laughs> like a dorm room that was super moldy. Marion. Super- yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I could have complained, but instead I was like, Lord, you got me out of a bad rooming situation. Lord, you gave me my own space. Lord, you protected me through the, like a new list was created of Thanksgiving. And I think that's what really goes into the spiritual practice of everything. Um, You know, like start your day off with the Thanksgiving, not a complaint. Like imagine, you know, someday, like many of us are going to get married or even like think of your roommate, like in the dorm room right next to you. And the minute you make eye contact with your roommate, with your husband, with like whomever, um, and you're like, you, you, you pay them the worst compliment, like the minute you see them and they're like, we just like, I just woke up. Why are you already complaining? <laughs> Why are you already mad at me? What did I do? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like we didn't talk for eight hours. Like we were both asleep. <laughs> and it's just, it's the same thing. Like we wake up and how many of us wake up and we're like, oh, the weather sucks, Lord. Oh, I hate today already. And it's like, God's probably like, you just woke yeah. up. <laughs> you <laughs> just you opened talking? your eyes. Exactly. And it's, um, you know, it makes me think back to when I did Fiat 90 this past January, 2020. And for many of you that don't know what Fiat 90 is, it is uh, a woman's version of Exodus 90, which is a complete denial of self for 90 days, beginning, beginning of January, ending on Easter. And it's not just, oh, let me wake up and be like, I will die to self. It's extreme fasting. It's three meals a day, no snacking, at least eight hours of sleep working out every single day, holy hours, confession, no sweets, no alcohol, like the list goes on and on. And it's, um, it can be really difficult, but also really rewarding. And one of the um, pieces for Exodus 90 for the women and our Exodus 90 for the men and Fiat 90 for the women is a heroic minute where the minute you wake up, you get down on your knees and you say some sort of prayer to the Lord. It could be a Hail Mary. It could be a prayer of thanksgiving for your life. It could be, thank you, Lord, that I'm up. Just, again, the perspective, changing it from this poor me to I am up. The Lord is not done with me yet. Because for many of us, you know, before I go to bed, I still pray my guardian angel. And um, even when we think of the liturgy of the hours for night prayer, um, it just like helps you realize that you're you're going to sleep and the possibility of you not waking up in the morning is a possibility. Um, the Lord can take us back home to heaven whenever he pleases. And if he has you wake up, that means your mission is still continuing. And that's pretty much my thing. I Instead of complaining, when I wake up each day, I, I get down on my knees and I'm just like, Lord, I'm up and I don't know what plan you have for me today, but may I be some sort of a perfect vessel for you to get your work done today. And then automatically you've put yourself aside, you've put your worries, anxieties, complaints aside, and you've thanked him for another day. Um, 
And again, that took me a long time to figure out because like I just said a little while ago, you know, when I was younger, like high school younger, like not even that long ago, like within the past eight to 10 years, um, I was complaining all the time. And once I started these practices of Thanksgiving, my parents who know me best, parents usually know us the best, started saying, you just seem really happy, Monet. You seem really at peace. Like, you don't seem as anxiety stricken as you used to be. And it's really because I put these spiritual practices into place. Um, and when you start your day off, like with a good meal, that usually sets the tone. And if a food item can do that, like imagine the spiritual food and prayer that can really catapult that so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just take a minute to thank God and to give him your entire day because he'll use it for his good. Um, so yeah, that's, I would love to invite you now into, into the conversation. <laughs> wow. No, that's, when we were talking earlier, for those of us, for those of the listeners that have been um, listening on this season, I was telling you, there's this whole idea of identity and this whole underlying like message of we are all trying to figure out who we're meant to be. Um, and we, I think we get so stuck sometimes that there's going to be a big thunderbolt moment that's going to tell us who we're supposed to be. Um, and like you were saying, like it's those every, it's literally in the everyday. Like the Lord wants to in, come into the everyday of our lives and give us our mission, give us our purpose, give us our identity in that. Because he understands that like, I don't know about you guys, but you know, big moments and like, <laughs> looking too far into the future like I get incredibly stressed out and I'm like there's no way like there's no way I'll ever be able to do that but when I look at my day-to-day and I'm like oh okay like today I have to cook dinner I can do that do I want to no but can I yes um and so I love this idea of the heroic minute and you know it's starting your day but also being throughout your day and it becoming a heroic lifestyle um we talk a lot in household when we talk about the Marian virtues we talk about heroic patience um I think we forget what that virtue means. It doesn't necessarily mean like sitting around and waiting. Um, it really does mean being so present that we understand that this isn't the end of my story. Like you said, if I wake up today, my story isn't over yet. So I need to be patient with myself and with the Lord. Um, so I guess a little bit of a question for like the listener who is impatient. Cause I think that that would be the hardest thing for us in our lives of like, you know, I get it. I want to be holy. I want to implement these into my life. But when I have a day where it just feels like nothing is happening, what would you say to them? Like, how do you remain heroic in that inviting the Lord into every moment and allowing him to allow us to be thankful or show us the things that we can be thankful for? How would you guide them in that, in being present to the struggle of that heroic moment? Mm -hmm. So... I'm thinking of two things. The first thing that I'm thinking of is, um, you know, in these moments where I'm like, the Lord is taking a sweet time with me. Like, where (laughs) are the results? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what I do is um, not in a comparing way, but I look to see how he's working in someone else's life. And if he is providing for them, you know, when uh, my mom comes home because she works with cancer patients and she'll say, Oh my gosh, one of my um, patients, she miraculously got a healing from the Lord. You know, she's been going through chemo for years, this and that. I'll look at that and be like, 
the Lord is working. Like he might not be working on this particular area in my life right now because it's not the right time. But if he's still working in everyone else's life, that doesn't mean he's upstairs taking a nap. Like he's still actively working, actively pursuing, actively answering people's prayers. And it's just like right now, he he may not, he's still in my life, but he may not be working on that area. But again, just looking at someone else and being like, wow, like God is still here. He's still doing good things. May I praise him through the act that he did for someone else. And then again, that, um, you know, we do have to be careful of that because then we can also turn inward and be like, why not me? Like, God, you're answering all these other people's prayers. And like, I'm still on hold. Like, what the heck is going on? But it's just, it's like, stop it, you know, praise him for what he's doing in someone else's life. Cause if we're truly supposed to all be in community, then we're going to praise when people have their glory moments and we're going to be right by them and be like, yes, let's go. Like, yeah. this is great. Um, and then I have no idea if this analogy is going to work at all, but <laughs> the second thing I was thinking, Oh, we'll see what happens. But again, back to Exodus and Fiat. Um, like I said, you can only have three meals a day. And that's really hard when we're in a world where fast food, like Steubenville's got a lot of fast food. So like, what yeah, is, like, it is oh, like, it's the popular thing to do because there's truly nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> thank like, you. We go get chicken you. nuggets for fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, it is so true. But it's, um, you know, that interim between each meal, you can't snack. And so you get so hungry so imagine like driving past mcdonald's or like taco bell or whatever and you're like i am so hungry it's like you're gonna have to wait and until you have lunch or until you have dinner because you already ate your second meal like you only got one more left like use that wisely (laughs) and um you know eventually there'd be moments where i'm literally sitting at my work desk i'd be like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm so hungry i'm so hungry (laughs) and then all of a sudden like maybe an hour into that like hunger, it passes. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not hungry anymore. Like the body eventually, like, my brother's crazy. Okay. He's doing a, he's doing a 72 hour fast. Well, I know water only, but he's like, I looked, he's like a huge nutritional guy. And he's like, Eventually. I know what you're talking about. We used, we used to joke about this in household and said, like, that was going to be our thing for universal mortification. <laughs> no. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. No. Yes. I well, it's, this, it's similar. Like, he's tying it to spiritual stuff, yeah. to dying to self. Mm-hmm. And then he also, um, he's, like, read up on all the health benefits of, like, restarting your metabolism, detoxing the body. But um, he's, like, eventually the body doesn't get hungry anymore. Um, and eventually he'll get back to eating after the 72 hours. But for us, um, you know, with this impatience, if we stop fixating on the impatience or like how God's not working immediately, eventually I think in a similar way with our hunger, it will pass. Like if we get back to the work at hand or we go back Mm -hmm. to like the people we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be present with, it's going to pass. Um, but if we just are like, keep staring it in the face that's all we're going to see so of course we're going to like remain in that impatient season i love that you mentioned um the idea of comparison and like how Mm -hmm. deadly that is and how quickly it can sneak into us um we were talking in the class i was in yesterday about the mind shift like the mindset change that needs to happen 
to be we're reading the seven habits of highly effective people and like i really hate it this book because it's about a business mormon man um and those are two of my least favorite things um (laughs) but he was just talking about like the idea of having a win-win mindset and that comes out of like having an abundance mentality and as soon as he said this word i said jesus like this is a ministry word um the abundance mentality that there's enough for me and there's enough for you and there's enough good to go around and so Mm -hmm. we don't need to compete against each other we don't need to compare we don't need to yell at god because he's holding out on me because he's giving all the good stuff to the guy over there Mm -hmm. no our our god is a god of abundance and he desires to give in fullness and i think that's like the kicker that leads us to a moment of thanksgiving and that's Mm -hmm. the perspective shift that leads us into um the reality that god is god i'm not and he is good um and that all comes out of taking that moment in the morning and honestly throughout the day i think we should have you know a heroic minute every minute of the day Mm -hmm. i agree with you yes and amen